0: freaks and welcome to Radical Research. find with alchemist that if you can get over the weird guitar because i think that's a sticking point for some people i feel like their ferocity and heaviness is just so undeniable and 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 i think they're a very 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 heavy band and i'm not sure if that's the prevailing thought on alchemist but your thoughts hunter again and welcome to radical research 63 let's go
1: i think first and foremost they're a very heavy band um that guitar is so central to their identity especially on the first three records i think y- yes and I, and, I, and I agree with you it it, it can be sort of a, a dividing line and i know people that have had a hard time with the band simply because of that quirky guitar
0: and it's uh, really quirky on the first album and if that's the first thing you heard by them uh, i think that's sort of it's I, they turned off a lot of people early because of that. And and we'll get to that stuff. But um I think that's the only time where even I am like as an alchemist fucking fanatic, am kind of like, Wow, they haven't really found that yet, but that's an amazing idea. You know, it's kinda like it plays that role in the music.
1: They just did yeah, yeah. On Jar, they hadn't quite figured out how to integrate it.
0: Yeah, that's Jar of Kingdom. That was a nineteen ninety three album, right?
1: Uh yes.
0: <laughs> Look at you, boy. I know look at you Radish
1: right (laughs) (laughs) I mean so I'm more or less sworn to like that record
0: (laughs) well yeah right I mean Uh, I do anyway but for many reasons we'll get to it when we play it this isn't going to be like really a career survey at least not a chronological one yeah Um, because when we first started talking about it we were we both don't care too much for the final album Tripsis in full disclosure I consider myself a friend of Adam in the band but um
1: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Austral alien either. Great artwork, funny title.
0: A couple oh, good, X. a few really good moments, but it's that one is also a little bit.
1: It was a little, real disappointment to me when I got it.
0: It's incredibly minimal, I, in a, in a sense of the writing. It's just it locks on one idea and usually a pretty good one when they start out with the songs, and then the songs just don't vary too much from that it's a layered album. It sounds awesome. I like that album for a lot of reasons. We're going to listen to one song tonight, but I guess my, my point that I was getting to was I don't want listeners to expect that we're just going to go chronologically, which we tend to do uh, yes. and, no, and like, no, no. And like a, to do, but this is going to be no means no style. This whatever. is
1: a, yeah, this is a very carefully curated sequence of songs um, that almost resulted in the nervous breakdown of one of your, one of your <laughs> hosts.
0: And not the one whose name rhymes with glunter. <laughs> Yeah, man, I had, I had a couple moments on this one. (laughs) Well, let's go back. Let's get personal and, uh, you know, and let's put all of our listeners to sleep But let's just, I'm going to just say, give me 30 seconds to tell you this. When I was at relapse and I first started there, I started going through the demos like Bill and Matt would, uh, they had this box in the promo room of the office. And I got appointed with like picking the demos out. And going hey matt hey bill or or to the mail order guys like hey this is like something we should buy you know right and i I came across alchemist promo 94 and um got a hold of the band immediately like myself i I just took the time to do it and and i was like they were super enthusiastic they sent us a bunch of tapes i think um we started selling promo 90 um 94 i wish i
1: had gotten a copy back
0: yeah and promo 94 it was like really alluring right away like the the weird kind of kind of bad, but kind of really, really awesome logo. I, I lean toward awesome lately, uh, but that original <laughs> Alchemist logo, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, looks like um, skinny, skinny white legs with um, really, really bad thorns or hairs on them. It's, <laughs> it's a very strange logo, but anyway, so I, I was blown away. So the five songs on that are, are still my favorite Alchemist material. If I had to isolate like one recording, what's yours? Just as a matter of keeping score here. Hello? Hey,
1: I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there's a lot writing on this answer. <laughs>
0: no, there's nothing writing. Um,
1: it. I, I don't know. I, I like, um, I, I love the Promo 94 material. I, I just don't own a physical copy of it. Yeah. Which makes, I don't know which. Se-
2: yeah, that's always. A that a bummer it, is, for me. There's it, always, yeah. It's like, I
1: get, there. um, it, but I like Lunisphere and tech pretty much tit for tat.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. We don't totally disagree yet again. Lunisphere tops it for me, but yes, uh, we'll talk about all that. The reason I talk about that is I just been blown away f- since then and a uh, huge fan. And these two songs, snippets of them anyway, close out Pro 194. It had three other songs on side A of the cassette. Uh, they all five landed on Lunisphere, the next album great versions, but there was something more like loose and frenzied and uncontrolled and kind of confessor demo esque. If you know what I mean,
1: (laughs) I do. Uh,
0: yeah. If we're going to get really in the weeds and unpack this fucker, Um, there
1: is like a, um, a a lunacy and a desperation to these versions. Um, the versions on Lunasphere sound more like a produced album.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, the sort of untamed, And and again, we get back to heaviness when we opened up with the song beyond Genesis from spirit tech. We, I don't even know if we mentioned that third album, something that I consider very, very heavy. I just think they're one of the heaviest bands and and people don't really talk of them in in that regard or do they do, or do people talk about Alchemist at all?
1: I don't think any more people talk about Alchemist at all. In fact, I, you know, they were able to get a deal with relapse, but even, I guess you might call Organism the peak of their popularity. They were a rarely discussed band even then. You know, even with exposure in major publications, they were, I think, uh, if not critically adored, then at least critically respected. Yeah. But they were just never able to capture a lot of market share.
0: And I think it's hard coming from Australia to begin with. There's, there's the thing about touring. And if you can't tour the States, and most of them can't very regularly, it's less interesting to North American or even European labels. We're going to listen to my animated truth and close chapter from the Promo 94 cassette. they get nine people in the studio to get murdered and record that that's pretty amazing
1: seriously tough times economically in australia at the, at the time of this recording so
2: <laughs>
1: they're brought in they're brought in under the uh the auspices of a science experiment
0: are, are you bringing your knowledge of aussie politics 94 is this is this
2: what you're doing
1: what what am i uh, my keenest interests <laughs> the ninety, the the, the mid, the yeah, mid nineties, yeah, the yeah, the mid nineties Australian political landscape. This
0: is, this is actually the post 1992-93 politics <laughs> show. Australia's focused hundred episodes.
1: So you, a couple of things about you here. No one, I actually discovered alchemist because of you. Um, because you did a guest contribution in Metal Maniacs in '95, the year in list, and put Lunacy <laughs> on the list. And Only you
0: would I remember anybody's guest playlist from '95. You were a madman, my friend. I love. Let's this.
1: see. What else did you have on there? Uh, Into Another Seamless. Yep. Uh, my Dying Bride. Um, yep. uh, the War Comp.
0: War compilation. Mind Rot.
1: Mind Rot. Hold on a minute. At the Gates. There were seven.
0: Oh, at the Gates.
1: Wow, yeah. What was the seventh one?
0: I'll bet if I could redo that list this... Damn it, I'm,
1: I'm showing my age.
0: If I could do the nine, redo the 95 list, I'd have a few variations on that, but I like all that stuff still. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But
1: anyway, so that's how I got into Alchemist. And the, se- the second thing is, I remember you describing the guitar work in Alchemist as Richie Blackmore meets Trey Spruance.
0: That was my initial impression, I think, or at least kind of what I've come away. And I, that's still valid.
1: I love it. I, it's still the best description of their guitar sound.
0: Yeah, well, maybe. I I, I could never put a finger on their guitar sound. I just know I loved it. And I knew it was, you know, obviously it's just an alchemist trademark. There's nothing like it. Sure. But when they, in, in an interview, in some zine I read, maybe late 90s, maybe around the time of Organism 2000, the first one that was on relapse, they were saying something about uh Roy Torkington, the guitarist. One of the two guitarists, Adam Agius is the other one, and Adam is the vocalist, by the way, which is obviously as we've all heard, pretty key. <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> He's to, important to this band as well. Um, but anyway, Roy is influenced by Dick Dale. I can hear that. And what? That yeah, makes
1: perfect sense. Yeah. Once
0: they came in with the surf thing, which surf doesn't bring up cosmic metal to me and, and and i think alchemist more than anything are cosmic metal in, in my
1: surfing very, the cosmic wave. very
0: very heavy cosmic metal yeah they're the silver surfers but um yeah when they when, when the surf thing came up i was like oh ah, yeah, i get that now i can hear, yeah, them. I can
1: hear that them. makes perfect sense yes you um, know a lot of metal and experimental guitarists are into like dick dale and link ray and that sort of thing—that you know, twangy, reverb-laden uh, Telecaster sound—I
0: think because there's a precision to it that appeals to either metal people or just people into guitar. Yeah, right? there's, there's a precision and like an attack that has to be right on, and it's a very obvious thing—not not in like a, a lame way.
1: Um, yeah, just, yeah, yeah.
0: But it's so earnest, and it's such a craft, I guess. Sure. Um. So yeah, that's that's interesting. Very
1: stuff. specific skill set.
0: Yeah. I don't know that I can say I listen to anything that's straight up surf though in my collection of thousands no. of things. You, you either Well,
1: but but then again it gets back to um our love of mongrels and mutations and a lot of the sure. straight up straight up, you know, thoroughbred stuff doesn't interest us as much.
0: Sure. And and surf, surf is definitely present in some of the music we listen to. I think a good chunk. I I think there are links is in Yeah, what well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could keep going. Um, we g- g- g-
1: <laughs> but anyway this this is le- all right let us not get derailed this is a show about mid-90s australian politics so <laughs>
0: well, right keep, yeah how, how soon i forget keep, um, keeping on task <laughs> let's talk about the vocals in closed chapter especially um, okay the end of it the sort of multi-tracked screaming and we heard adam's voice in beyond genesis in terms of the higher pitch thing that he'll do uh it reminds me of ken Nardy. it reminds me of danny filth who i think are both amazing singers when they're screaming
1: yes and the thing is is you know early on when when danny did it it was effective and then he just really started to deploy it as his his major device
0: well the good thing yeah. about Alchemist is it's always surprising when it happens. Yes. You know it's you know always. he's got it in his back pocket. They certainly started to dial it down with Organism yeah. uh, and then the next two. But um yeah, I mean they they never overused it. I don't think it's even present on the first album, is it? Jar of Kingdom. Does he does he do the high nailing to the fucking ceiling scream that's just so surreal? And blood curdling. Like, I think it's real. You know what I mean? Like, there are scripts that it's just, there's no effect.
1: Uh, Well, the thing is, you know, it's going to come. You just don't know when.
0: Yeah. And and even when you know the songs. And I guess that kind of gets us into Chinese whispers, doesn't it? We might as well go there.
1: Speaking about songs.
0: Speaking about Chinese whistles. Man, you just did (laughs) one. That's all you can say about Chinese whispers. It's just, you know. I can't
1: even. uh, I can't even whistle legitimately i have to do the the inhale the the maniac uh whistle
0: now i think you bought i think you bought spirit tech, which chinese whispers comes from <laughs> delayed whistle laugh sorry uh i i think you bought um spirit tech where chinese whispers is off of um at um Apple Mint records didn't you
1: huh? I, I did not <laughs> okay <laughs> no, i mean they they, they, had, they had a lot of unexpected stuff spear tech not,
0: not one. one of them no L- lila metal disc damn straight ah okay well let's get into chinese whispers and we will there's a lot to talk about metal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Metal at its most expansive, at its most ambitious, and at its most well-executed. Uh, I mean, it's a huge piece of music, um, but it's put together so perfectly. I mean, the arrangement of it, the, the organization of all those brave ideas. That's, that's one of the, if there, if there are such things as like radical research hallmark songs, that's probably one of them.
0: Radical research anthems.
1: And the radical research (laughs) anthem. All right, fans, get get to work.
0: You know, you were saying about how that's so well constructed out of all these events. And I think that the way they place the climaxes in that song, because there are several, and that's why it's such, it's a nine and a half minute song. They take their time with it but I think that it's so all those climactic moments are so well placed that um, and and it is just, I think from A to Z, like you were saying, it is that good of a song. I definitely think the band considers it sort of their uh, not biggest, duh, but certainly most well liked song amongst the the, the fan base amongst the the members always played it live after this point. It's just, I don't know. I I think if anybody knows alchemist, (laughs) they know this song and this is always a favorite it's, 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 you know, it's a victim of changes, right? Sure. Um one, one of those it's a revelations by iron maiden it's just one that no maiden fan wouldn't like or absolutely fucking worship and consider the best argue that it's the best <sighs> yeah it's nine and a half minutes boiled down to seven because there was just no way we could think of, of a way to shorten it and give you kind of the idea that song definitely brings to mind something i read about them in a zine i think i had just gotten that tape so it was like 95 even 90, it getting into 96 and lunisphere came out shortly after i had awareness of the tape i think in, in a fanzine from the time the drummer rodney holder um was saying that they kind of consider themselves if they had to compare to other bands uh an equal cross between autopsy and pink floyd
3: <laughs> i remember Which, that
0: yeah i mean chinese whispers kind of bears that out does it not yeah it's not as ferocious as some of the other Alchemist stuff, but they certainly, you can see the autopsy, certainly with the vocals going quite low. You know, there, there is a decrepit sound to early Alchemist that is right in line with that kind of death metal. And then the Pink Floyd kind of speaks for itself, I suppose, in the snippets we've sampled. Some. And
1: I think that, um, too, that Disembowelment were super mm-hmm. into both Pink Floyd and Autopsy. Yes. Also Australian
0: yeah there you go i'm one of that's another great australian band that we'll have to uh, when's that
1: show gonna happen
0: um i don't know that's gonna 71 (laughs) (laughs) yeah disembowelment great great stuff um you know uh, while we're talking great music from australia before we get back to alchemist i want to mention the new stargazer album uh you haven't heard it yet but i sent you a copy because i'm so enthusiastic about it that i need you to have a copy right now so um you should get it
1: so we can talk about it okay yeah
0: from, from yosuke himself i think
1: oh nice okay
0: on nuclear yeah. war now productions yeah it, the the new stargazer is probably the best australian metal album i've heard in a long time and i guess the last one of those would have been what um an alchemist because a Disabowment comes earlier um, yeah it's, it's phenomenal it's called psychic secretions that's all I want to say. My own, great. Yeah, my great. own advertisement for that. It's an amazing album. I can't wait to talk about it with you. So let's move on to Eve of the War. I think we've exhausted Chinese Whispers, but Eve of the War is really interesting, isn't it?
1: Oh my word, yeah.
0: Were you familiar with the Jeff Wayne War of the World? No, 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 was not. I don't. I can't remember if I was. I think I was, but I'm not. I'm not entirely certain because this came out. What year is that? Like late seventies. Uh, Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds came out in 78. Okay, 78, I thought so. And as the title suggests, it was like an H.G. Wells adaptation of that. It was pretty good. It had some cool people on it. It had uh, Phil Lynott was on it for like some narration and I think some singing. Uh, Justin Hayward of the Moody Blues was on it. Chris Thompson of Man for Man's Earth Band and some other people. But Jeff Wayne was this guy who just, he's done a lot of different things in music and, you know, not very consistently, like a lot of just this and that, you know, Uh, commercial jingles up to like symphony stuff. and um. Yeah, he put out War of the Worlds, and then Alchemist saw fit to cover Eve of the War from War of the Worlds. I think it turned a lot of metalheads on to the Jeff Wayne thing because this was pre-organized post-Spirit Tech. And I think this was a, a time when they started to get a little more cred or just notice in the global metal world. You know what I mean? Right. Before that, it was very, very, very kind of, uh, you know, on the on the DL. Um,
1: <laughs> very.
0: But they came out with this EP, Eve of the War, and this song from War of the Worlds. And here it is. Very, very memorable uh, version and another great side of Alchemist. And yeah, man, more evidence that so this band is really great. When they nail something and, and they are at the top of their game, they're pretty fucking awesome.
1: Yes, they are. <laughs> I wonder if that's a, a song that someone in the band remembered from childhood.
0: Probably, because I suppose in 78, yeah, these guys are probably my age. And so they were probably, what, nine, eight? Yeah, they are belts. About- when that album came out and you know in an era when albums were just around the home I mean really if you had even halfway cool parents uh, you know there, yeah even before you had albums you know there were or brothers or sisters or whatever it might have been but yeah I, I would think so I and I've met people since since I have awareness of that now through Alchemist and and I did buy that album at one point I like it I don't listen to it ever so I got rid of it but uh it's a cool album you know it's like something that crosses into Prague of course and art rock and you know, just theater a little bit and um, science fiction, of course, you know, not, not a slouch of a story or writer in my estimation, HG Wells. No. So I know that I, when I first got the EP, I loved it so much and it made me love Alchemist even more. We're going to kind of get into the more modern era of them, I suppose. Cause I think after this, would you say, I think you said it earlier, but with Organism, they sort of change with Austral Alien. They change yet further with Tripsis, the final album, which we're not even going to play any of, not because we hate it, but because we're just a little less enthused about it than these others, <laughs> put it that way.
1: Yeah, and there's a, there, I mean, there's so much that we love on the others. It's, I think we can be justified for the omission of right. uh, Tripsis.
0: So we'll listen to the uh, a little bit of the first track from Organism 2000, and then we'll jump to 2003 when they released the following album, Austral Alien and a song called Alpha Capella Nova Vega. Yeah, so there we get into the 2000s with Alchemist and um, (laughs) surprise, surprise, more to talk about. I've always thought of this band for me as kind of like the better Chaos AD, the better Fear Factory. And I like really early Fear Factory uh, and a couple songs on the second album. But for me, they kind of scratch that itch that I feel like those, like I've, I've always wanted those to scratch for me, but they don't. And Alchemist just does it and they take it to a more cosmic place.
1: Yeah, I, I never really thought about the chaos AD thing.
0: Maybe not on yeah. those songs, but I think on, on yeah. quite, quite a bit, I, when I listen to Alchemist, I think of how I wanted Sepultura to go. Not that I ever expected Sepultura to go out into space, but just maybe yeah. some of the more psychedelic aspects or just the yeah. you know the heaviness is still there, but it's morphing into something maybe a little more futuristic or mo- modern or postmodern.
1: Well, I think one tie that we can find between Sepultura and Alchemist, at least influence-wise, and this really came to my attention as we were picking songs for the show um, was the influence of Killing Joke on Alchemist. Oh, and yeah. There's a lot of extremely obvious Killing Joke influence, especially on uh, Organism and uh, AustrAlian especially
0: I was going to say, we're going to play a new beginning later. And that's one from Organism. That's one that you picked. And when I was listening it, to the,
1: that's why I picked it
0: when I made the snippet, I'm like, Oh, killing joke, you know, and yep. I'm not even as well versed in killing joke as you are not as much of a fan. I'm not a fan at all, really. But, uh, I knew that I, I knew that that's, well, exa- just, exactly. that's just killing joke, you know, um, yep. cool, really cool era. You know, I, I listened to Austral Alien recently. Just out of all these snippets, got me thinking about it. And you know, I certainly haven't listened to it in a long time. And it does have a few other moments that I think are pretty strong. I think some of yeah. acapella. What we just heard was a little bit in that dark early '90s alt rock thing that Voivod sort of not co-opted, but just sort of melted into as well. Right. Um, yeah. It just it just kind of gets there.
1: That album's always sort of had the two problem for me. Like. Ah. I look at it and I think, today's the day. It's going <laughs> to click. I've been waiting for a while on both of these albums, by the way. Right, gotcha. And, and, and there's always just a little something like, well, it's like you said, it, 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 kind of like Tuanula will latch on to an idea and just kind of stay there.
0: Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and I, it, it's like the potential for greatness is there, it's just never quite
0: realized. Um, I would I would agree on both counts. I think those are, albums are good enough that at least you, you're talking about them as if you've kept them in your collection. You keep them around, is that right? I
1: do keep them around.
0: Right, and I do too. But yeah, we aren't guys that own Tripsis or what was the next? Oh, Am Universal. Oh,
1: Am Universum, Yeah. I, I, oh man, <laughs> that's good. a stinker. Not good. If you like saxophone, there's your album.
0: <laughs> well, I depends on how, what kind of saxophone you're talking about. Yeah, well, it's, it just,
1: not. Yeah, no, not yes. Yeah, if you like
0: if you like lame saxophone yeah well let's move on and let's go early let's go to escapism uh, a track from their 1991 demo uh they had morphed over three demos before jar of kingdom the first album finding the lineup as well because that's the other thing about alchemist everything we're listening to tonight except for this one demo track from 91 i believe has the same four guys we've mentioned adam and roy on guitar uh, rodney on drums and then there was a guy named john bray that played bass and uh it was all it was those four guys pretty much till the end uh yeah I, I, be, I believe i No,
1: it no it was
0: yeah and um it was. and great guys i was able to hang out with adam in new york for a night with his girlfriend at the time and uh i think i guess it was around the organism era that was great And we had a fucking blast coolest fucking dude and um we just kind of it was one of those things where we're like oh have i met this guy before do we have a history because he just yeah you could you know you click on a lot of levels just the same way you 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 and i always have and you know, your best it's a best friend thing it's not that he's my best friend i just felt like wow if this guy was in new york we'd be hanging all the time Brothers, you know, we just yeah. had it just had this rapport so great dude i know that rodney's good because i corresponded with him um just just really good guys and i'm fine i'm glad they finally ended up on a relapse uh i wasn't uh at all instrumental in that because um when i was there and i was going crazy for the tape and we sold a lot of the tape to the mail order uh bill wasn't into them matt matt was interested but bill wasn't all that into them yeah. Uh, he, he called him a lot of mr bungle nonsense and uh and he was coming from jar of kingdom my copy of jar of kingdom actually used to be bills uh he sold it to me ah, for like 10 bucks like, yeah yeah but anyway um so we're gonna listen to the demo uh with a different lineup and then we get into jar of kingdom from 93 first album and uh, another one from jar of kingdom so we're gonna investigate kingdom uh, a good bit here the second one we're gonna play from jar of kingdom is brumel a view from pluto wintry pluto dreams there enjoy Before before we talk about that, because there's a lot of great stuff there uh, in the early uh, Alchemist oeuvre to cover, but you and I both just got our earth and sound hoodies and uh, shirt, shirts. Good, yesterday. Uh, Good quality, man. I'm really psyched about these.
1: Like they are so soft and so high quality. These are are good.
0: Yeah, these are. Real
1: joy to wear.
0: Yeah, these are good. You know, you'll have them around for years. They're awesome. We got the Confessor and Disharmonic Orchestra ones. So, uh, we're sitting here wondering if Jason's a fan of Alchemist, and if so, if he can do a limited run. But uh, I'm sure he's got a billion people pestering him. But um, please do visit earthandsound.com. This is not a sponsored episode. We don't care. Uh, Jason's awesome, and he's putting out, uh, he's doing, you know, as you say, the Lord's work. Um, <laughs> so, what have we just heard there? We heard two from Jar of Kingdom and Escapism from the 91 demo. We start to get into when thrash and early death metal started to become technical or weird or progressive or or what have you.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is right in that whole slipstream of mutant nineties metal. Yeah. And I've never heard the eternal wedlock demo.
0: Uh, Me neither.
1: Uh, Okay. But you can, I I assume that it's thrashy because of when it came out.
0: And you can even read from the song titles that like if you didn 't know that was Alchemist, you would never guess it was it doesn 't right. have as much link I mean not you know certainly the the lineup doesn 't even i think there's it's just Adam on guitars They're, they had a different vocalist, they had a different drummer and uh, uh, bassist, and the, the song titles "I am Free, Kill for it, Just let me die like like this is not at all what I would consider Alchemist. I think what happened was Adam found other guys that were more in line with what he wanted to do, particularly Rod Holder, Rodney Holder, added on drums on the second demo, uh, still different bassist and guitarist, but they really became Alchemists there. You started to see the logo. You got Paisley Burr, uh, which is on the relapse compilation that came out. What was that called? Um, Embryonics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can hear early Alchemists on there. Yeah. It, it's and
1: it's a it, great introduction to the band.
0: Yeah, no, it fits right in. It is that. Yeah. Embryonics is a great introduction to the band and copies are out there cheap. And if you've listened this far and you, and you want this, just get that first. But we had the song Jar of Kingdom on there, uh, a song called Implosion and a song called Conscience Battle. So, you know, getting a little more into the alchemist uh, headspace, the sort of brainier, weirdy, weirder, more cosmic thing. And then 91, I think they started to nail it. And we heard Escapism from that 91 demo. And then we get to Jar of Kingdom. Thoughts on that stuff?
1: Wild uh unlike anything at the time even in 93 the the guitar stylings are probably the dominant feature and boy are they ever dominant <laughs> yeah like it, e- even where they're situated in the mix is weird
0: yep um i a- mean it's absolutely. like they're
1: intentionally louder than everything else <laughs> right
0: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, it, it's weird it, it, it can throw you off a little bit i don't think it's ever going to be my favorite alchemist but i but i have such an affection for it because of where it sits i love it what it does and and, and you know you talk about unique bands i mean love them or hate them this is one of them and absolutely
1: uh, it's got some uh, i mean it's got some grindy ideas
0: oh yeah um, yeah I
1: mean, yeah very very i mean i think it's very much a weird death metal record
0: absolutely again this is a very heavy band i've always thought so and i think i think a lot of that heaviness comes to the fore even despite the weirdness on jar of kingdom like it, it it's uh because it's that early it comes in at that time as you say in the slipstream great term for it um, of 93 and what was happening so pretty special stuff and we're going to kind of stay in that realm we're going to listen to something from the great lunosphere oddly the only one from lunosphere we're playing although we did cover the other two right. from promo 94 which might as well be They're just precursors to Lunasphere. But this is a song called Clot. And then we're going to go back to Jar of Kingdom because we love it that much uh, and listen to another one called Enhancing Enigma.
1: They retreat into one of their many little sonic grottos, but we we hear in those two clips some of their you know more interesting pastoral work, and also some of Adam's most savage vocals, hmm. uh, the incomparable Adam.
0: Yeah, an extraordinary vocalist, as we've heard yes. throughout all of these tracks and throughout all of their different eras. I would assume maybe not one for everybody i think you know he might be a little mush mouthed in the early stuff for some people he might be a little too throaty a little too you know what i mean like hardcore uh, a little bit it sneaks in i mean it's still you know it's still metal but he certainly lost the chris reifert you know <laughs> you know kind of thing uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever that is <laughs> but yeah and like you know he's he's a special vocalist in a special band and i i, I hope by now after 12 snippets we've underscored that but we have more, but yeah, that's kind of the earlier stuff. That's a uh, clot from their second album, Lunasphere, really great album. One of our absolute favorites and enhancing enigma from jar of kingdom. What say we move on to the later material? And before we do, I kind of wanted to talk about how you and I somewhat ha- kind of split on the third album spirit Tech. Do you want to get into that?
1: Sure. So I like spirit Tech almost, um equally uh, as lunosphere, and my understanding is that it it gets maybe a little too sort of ethno ambient aboriginal for your taste because it really dives into that aspect of their sound it, um, it's, it's still a very very heavy, very metal record but but yet yeah, it 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 takes some serious detours into that territory
0: it does yeah and i and I just happened to. Not care for that as much for as long. Do you know what I mean? Like I think it's a great. Right. I'm not even gonna say a great novelty. I think it's a great aspect to their sound, and I think they've always had this in their back pocket, if not way up front. And um, and I think Spirit Tech pushes it up front pretty heavily in terms of the tribalisms, that percussive, maybe even slide guitar, eastern mode melodies approach.
1: You bring up an interesting point: the, the percussiveness of it. And maybe that's one reason that I'm so drawn to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair there's enough. definitely yeah. more of that. Yeah, for sure. And for me, Spirit Tech is a great album, but I feel like I lose interest a little bit near the end because I've gotten so much uh, of what they're doing. And, I, and, and, you know, let's face it, they do open up with the best Alchemist song ever with Chinese whispers. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you can't possibly uh, reach that throughout the rest of that album. It's just not possible. I mean, you know, there are a lot of great moments. Most definitely, but yeah, I think we split a little bit on that. We have maintained our friendship despite we uh, yeah, have
1: some somehow
0: the odd disagreement and th- yeah. this is this is not a uh, this is not a, a fervent one, mm-hmm. um, nevertheless, a little bit of a split. Also, actually, before we move on, if you look at Metal Archives, there are five other Alchemists that have existed, you know, in some way. And I know that Alchemist isn't the most popular name or the most well-known name. And I'm sure you could be into metal and miss them and form a band called Alchemist and be just fine. But um, I I, I find that a little shitty still. I, I, I can't possibly... Uh, you'd have to be really fucking good for me to listen to you and, and your band name be Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah.
1: That the gauntlet has been dropped out yeah. of the world.
0: And it's always weird, right? I mean, I think I have two cathedrals in my collection. There's the, the wow, 70s, I have,
1: so do I. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The seventies prog band from the U S and of course the, the UK doom band I'm trying to think if there are others. Do you have any same uh, name bands no, that's
1: a good question. Um, uh, uh Sabbath.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Japanese and English. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are others. I just get a kick out of the fact that there are bands called Raven and Sacrifice out there that are not the Raven and Sacrifice that I know. <laughs> it's like, where are you people? What? What? Where's yeah. your metal education? Um, <laughs> we're We're gonna play uh, three snippets in a row here. Thanks for listening this far. It's been a lot of Alchemist, uh, but it was really the only way to do it was to just do it big. Uh, We're going to hit New Beginning from Organism. We're going to hit Spirit Technology from the Spirit Tech album. And we're going to get back to Organism with Evolution Trilogy Part 2, Rampant Micro Life. And that subtitle, Rampant Micro Life, amongst some great song titles that this band has. that's Mm. That's one of the better
2: ones.
1: Yeah, pretty amazing.
0: I just don't think there's any more evidence we could possibly put forth to make the case for Alchemist. If you haven't liked it yet, uh, you're probably not even listening now. But um
1: I was about to say, I, I doubt anyone who doesn't like what we've been putting down still with us. But.
0: but if you do, and you're unfamiliar, or you were, you know, previously just didn't own anything, uh, we really encourage you to go to Discogs or elsewhere to uh, get used copies. Uh, I think they're out there fairly cheap. This is a band that I think was just highly underrated, and that that word gets tossed around a lot. We've certainly used it on this show, but you know, in this case, I, it's, it's very genuine uh, from us to you. Like, we urge you, if you have it in you, to try to acquire the taste for Alchemists, because it's. Uh, I think this is a band that'll go with me to my grave. I don't know about oh, you.
1: No, no question.
0: Thanks for listening, freaks. Every single one of you is extremely valued in these parts. Especially want to thank Nelson Schumacher or Schuchmacher and Zoran Zamarja for being extra special freaks this go around. Next episode, we're going to dive into the reasons we believe Steve Hackett to be one of the greatest living guitarists on the planet. Uh, of course, his more textured, subtle work and verses and choruses in the various projects he's been in, his artwork in and of itself. But we can't help ourselves. We're going to have to zero in on some of his greatest solos. So this is uh, This is an area where Steve excels beyond... <laughs> just being a, a normal human being playing a six string guitar.
1: So it probably excels beyond our ability to say anything uh, thoughtful about his playing. It's a, we can probably just play these solos and then call it a day.
0: <laughs> well, it, we'll, we'll try to keep the, the chatter to a minimum. How about, mm. uh, we'll, we'll let Steve speak for himself. And this is going to span the seventies, uh, the eighties, uh, the nineties, and perhaps into the, uh, the aughts. I kind of got this idea when I was listening to Gordian Knotts Emergent, which he guests on. And some of his stuff on there is incredible. Uh, we're going to visit a little bit of Squack it, a little bit of GTR, of course, a little bit of Genesis, and of course, some of the stuff he did as a solo artist. So please join us for episode 64 in a couple of weeks. Hunter, always fun. Glad to have you with me on this uh, wild, wacky journey called Radical <laughs> Research. Speaking of that, please poke around our site at radicalresearch.org. Email us at radicalresearchpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook and keep it weird freaks.